the copyrighted program created by Rio Grande. Buffalo is police throwing all cars, attention all cars, all jets, 195. Regarding a dead body in an apartment at 834 East 6th Street. Maybe a murder. That's all. Rolls and clips. Grandpa was a boy. He used to walk four miles to school, play mumbly tag on the front lawn of a Sunday afternoon, read about posses pursuing highway robbers on horseback, and dream of the day when he could help hold the hose cart as a member of the volunteer fire department. Those days are gone forever. For as we all know, nowadays, criminals are caught with a new kind of horsepower, and fire engines speak to fires with equipment that is geared to the demands of this modern age. They must get there as fast and as sure as the wings of up-to-the-minute motors can take them. And that's why it's so vitally important that those motors be powered with an up-to-the-minute fuel. That's why Rio Grande Cracked Gasoline is the specified favorite in more than 30 leading cities and counties of California. It explains why Rio Grande Cracked is carried in the gas tanks of more police cars, fire engines, ambulances, and other emergency equipment wherever it is sold than any other brand. It's because authorities have found in this truly superior fuel the split second starting, lightning-like acceleration, economical mileage, and the all-important reserve power and speed that they demand and get in Rio Grande Crash gasoline. And so if you want police car performance for your car, and who doesn't, wheel into the first Rio Grande station you see on the way to work tomorrow morning. It will give you a shorter, faster, and longer run for your money. We are happy to again present Chief of Police, James E. Davis. Chief Davis. Good evening, friends. Your police department are going Hollywood, but only to the extent that they are now utilizing the sound camera for the purposes of recording evidence. It is the practice of skilled investigators to reenact the scenes of major crimes, and often enactment is participated in by the defendant in the case. Frequently, the defendant not denies his actions and statements in court. With a sound camera, the prosecution is in a position to refute such denials and present to the court and jury actual photographs and recorded statements made by the defendant during the investigation. Such evidence is of material value in securing the conviction of persons who, by their actions, have proved themselves ministers to society. You, the citizens of California, may take pride in the progress of your department. The police are eager to experiment with and adopt an improved, successful modern means of police techniques. Patrick McManus had one all-consuming passion, money. He craved money because it would pay for whiskey, and whiskey would drown the fears that beclouded his aging mind. When he had money, he bought whiskey, and when he drank whiskey, he forgot about the men who persecuted him, men who wanted him out of the way so they could force his wife to give them her property. That property was his. No one had a right to it but him. No one must get to his wife and get that property away from her. He must guard her. He must keep them away. 
Yes, I did, and I got it. Uh, do you want a wee bit of a toddy now? Yes, if you don't mind fixing it for me. No, 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 of course I don't mind. Were they here when I was gone? Was who here? Oh, you know who I mean. No one has been here tonight. Where's the money you left on the dresser? It's still there, isn't you it? Oh, no, it's not. No, you know it's not. Why do you antagonize me like this? You know they're after me. They're after no, me. Yes, they are. They are. No one's going oh, to hurt are. you. Oh, they are. Nobody's going to hurt either. Oh, so what do you know about it? You've been drinking. Oh, I have not. I have not. I have not. Why don't you stop? Oh, God. You go neither of you. Neither of you. Neither of you. Neither of you. It's just a stop. There, there, dear. Don't get excited. Drink your time. Yes, yes, yes. You'll feel better. Yes, I'll feel better. I'll feel better. Yes, yes, yes. I'll feel better. I'll feel better. I'll feel better. I'm huh? huh? Don't mother. Oh, don't tell me what to do. I oh, I'm sorry, dear. I'm jumpy tonight. I'm just jumpy. I'm, I'm jumpy. Did you write that new will today, uh, Patrick? Huh? The one I asked you to. Yes, yes, I wrote it, yes. Where is it, dear? I don't know. I want it, darling. It's in my coat. Well, I'm dead. I'm dead. Bring the pen with you, too. Yes, yes, yes. Bring the pen. Bring the pen. The pen. The pen. Yes. I'll, I'll bring the pen. I'll, I'll bring the will, too. The will. The will. Yes, that's it. I won't be able to get the property now. It'll be mine. It'll be mine. And they'll keep... <laughs> they'll keep away from her now. Here it is, lady. Here it is. All right, if you Here's the tin. Read it to me first, Patrick. Read it. Read it. Read it. Yes, read it. Read it. Yes, 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 yes. We hereby give to the communist party all our property and money in case of our death. And death, yes. If I, Josephine McManus, die before my husband here to have all of my property and money. And if I, Patrick McManus, die first, all the property is to belong to my wife. My wife, yes, my wife. That's it. Anna says she might come mm. over tonight. Anna, uh, she's been around here again. Why, don't you like Anna, dear? Yeah, uh, she's after your money. Oh, that's not. It's not, and it's a good time. Anna has She me. has not. She doesn't but I don't need care. money. I don't care. She won't get this anyway. After all, <laughs> Patrick, she is my sister's yeah. daughter. Uh, it wouldn't hurt us to better have some of the property. Just a couple of cents. Not one cent. That's mine. That's mine. Every red cent yes, would have ours. Yes, dear. I know. Yes, it is. Shall we go to bed now? And you go. You go. I want to read a while. Yes, I'm going to read a while. All right. All right. Will you help me? Why, certainly. Easy now. Easy does it. Now, where's my crow? Oh, well, for you, dear. Oh, here it is. Yes, there it is. Now. Yes, easy now. Easy, dear. Are you all right now? Be all right, dear. Oh, no. I do wish they hadn't taken my other crutch. Your other crutch? Oh, yes, 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 your other crutch. I miss going off like I used to. When I had the other crutch, it wasn't so difficult to go downstairs. Yes, dear, downstairs and he was Anna. What did you say, dear? Oh, nothing. I was only thinking, just thinking, just thinking. That's all. Patrick McManus sat by the window, watching the fog eddy behind the speeding automobile as the traffic gradually dwindled to a thin procession. He was thinking, thinking, 
Through the thickening fogs of his miasmic fears, Patrick McManus considered his situation. They planned. And out of the crumbling wreckage of his mind, built barriers around his car and soul. I told him I'd teach him a trick and do what do what he did. I'll get the one. He'll get all of it. Nobody else can get it. I do it till I put my hands on my knees with my feet. I do it till I throw. On the morning of February 10th, 1937, Patrick McManus, the cold light of sanity, back in his gray eyes, but tense and excited, rushed into the drugstore, Fifth and Glad Street. Good morning, Mr. McManus. Uh, uh, why, what's wrong? Well, my wife. Uh, uh, my wife? Uh, she's dead. What? Yes, she's dead. But when did it happen? Well, during the night. I don't know when. Uh, when I woke up. Uh, well, hadn't we better call the police? The police? Yes. Oh, the police? No, no. Uh, another ticket. No, no, that's it. Another ticket. Yes, and they can call the police. Later. Later. No, no, no. There's no need to call the police. No. You know, she was old. Oh, of course. Was, have you any preference as the funeral director? No, 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 no. Anyone will do. She was old. She was. Uh, here's one. Uh, she was just a moment. Yes, she was terrible old. But she was the 84 Miss Martha. I don't know if that was a sympathetic scale for her. The tenth of Martha for her. Yes. Uh, I'm yes. calling for a Mr. McManus. Yes, I passed away last night. Yes. At, uh, what's your address, yes. Mr. McManus? So the address is uh, 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 834 East 6th Street, I think. At 834 East 6th Street. That's right. Tell them to hurry. The stupefying powers of the liquor he had drunk were fading, and the overpowering tears of Patrick McManus came back in all their hideous force. At last, he gained the sanctuary of his own home, flung open the door, raced up the stairs, and stopped trembling inside his room. Oh, but I hear them. I hear them. But they won't get me. No, they won't get the money. The money. The money. She's gone. She's gone. They won't find her. No, they won't find her. Find her. So accustomed to sight to violence, the mortician's assistants recoiled in horror from the sight that awaited them in the home of Patrick McManus. Hastily, they summoned the police. Mr. McManus? Yes, sir. And you've gone filter, homicide squad. Mm-hmm. This is Lieutenant Baker. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Won't you come in? Thanks. What can I do for you, gentlemen? Well, we got a call from Dorr Brothers, the undertakers. Oh. Oh. Uh, uh, there was a case over here that needed investigation. Oh, no, sir, no, sir, no, sir. There's nothing wrong here at all, sir. I understand your wife passed away during the Oh, night. yes, sir. The poor soul. She was 84 years old, come next month. And she was... Been well. Oh, she was that way. For the past five years, she had been able to walk. This was... Not without her crutches and, and then the black carpet ones, they, they, they come and they stole them. And they stole her crutches? Well, at least one of them. She still had the other one last night when when, uh, when, when the man came back. Uh, now, just wait a minute. Yes. Let's get this straight. Somebody came in here and stole a crutch. That's right, yes, sir. When was that? Well, it was about uh, six weeks ago, it was. Did he get anything else? Well, um, no, not at that time he didn't. Did he at any other time? Well, last night he got uh, uh, he got all my money. How much was that? That was uh, uh, fifteen dollars. Oh, on a head. How did that happen? Pick up? Well, uh, 
He said, well, here's a cross, I think it was, and I decided that I, I needed a, a wee little drop of the creature. That's how you know. And I went down to the drugstore, and I got a little bottle of... Mm, did you uh, of, uh, have the money with you? No. No, I'd I, I been afraid I'd been held up, so I, I threw the money on, on the jewelry there. It was there when you left? Yes, sir. Mm, how much? Well, as I said, about uh, $15. Didn't uh, you take it with you? Uh, well, any of it? Uh, well, no, sir. Uh, well, yes, I, I saw it later in the window, let me $5 or something. And when you got back, the money was gone? Yes, sir, that's right, yes. Uh, what was your wife all this time? Well, she, she was in the room there, I mean, uh, this room here, yes, lying on the couch there. Did you see who took the money? Oh, yes, yes. When I came in, she said, oh, they came, and they took the money. She was all excited, yes, sir. What did you say to that? Well, uh, I said, well, no, that's all right, dear. I said, uh, dude, we've got enough to do. What, uh, what little time we've got left to do? What do you mean by that? Well... Both old and we didn't have much time. This man, uh, this burglar, did he molest your wife in any way? Oh, sure, yes. He, he, he so silly black both and eyes. Did you notify the police? No. No, no. Why not? Well, I've been threatened several times, and when we've missed a few things out of the house from time to time, we were just afraid of reporting. Have you ever been in jail, Miss Manners? Uh, huh? Have you ever been in jail? Oh, uh, me? No, 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 never, sir. Never. Then that wasn't your reason for not reporting those steps to the police. Oh, no, sir. No, sir. I said it. Okay. Yes. Now, after your wife told you these men, or this man, had beat her up, had taken the money, what did you do? Well, I, I looked around to see if I could find the money, but, but when I couldn't, when uh, I, I went out and I fixed a toddy for my wife and my kids. Uh, did you run? Drunk? Uh, oh, no, no. I, uh, I don't drink that much. Did your wife get drunk? Oh, no. No. Well, what did you do after that? Well, we, we sat around in about uh, 9.30 and, and we read the paper. Did you go to bed first? Well, uh, no. Uh, my wife went to bed first. How long before you went to bed? About 15 minutes. Was your wife all right then? Well, sure she was. But well, she said she didn't feel well, but uh, she seemed to be all right. Was she bleeding from the cups or anything like that? Oh, no, no, no. She, she seemed to be all right. Did she walk to the bedroom by herself? Yes, uh, with her crutch. I believe you said the other one was stolen. Yes. About how long ago? Well, six weeks. How many bills did you leave on the bill? Oh, well, five and a ten dollar bill. Nothing. They were gone when you got back. Yes, sir, nothing. And that was all the money you had, the five well, and the ten dollar bill? Well, yeah, well, uh, no, I had... Uh, Beside what you had in your pocket. Yes, it changed from the five because of the drugstore. Yes. Is that right? Well, yes, yes that's right, yes, sir. Yes. You believe that somebody broke in and stole that money? Well, no, to tell you the truth. No. What do you mean? And sometimes my wife had ideas that people were trying to kill us. Well, whatever you call it, the same, uh, you would imagine things. How do you account for the money being gone? Well, oh, oh, now that I don't know. But when her eyes black and her throat showed signs of being choked, I never noticed that. Didn't you just tell me that the man beat her up? Oh, man, you didn't like that was what she told me. I saw no much like that. Oh, and I did not know. What time did you say you went to bed? Well, about, uh... Nine thirty. Sat around reading from the time you got back from the restaurant until you went to bed. Mm, yes, sir. Your wife was here all that time. Yes, I see. Yes, sir. After you went to bed, did anything unusual happen? Well, along about midnight, I, I was awakened by my wife falling out of the bed. I, I got up and I, and I switched on the light. Was you heard anything? Well, not that I could see. I, I picked it up and I, I, I said to her, dear, shall I go for a doctor? And, and she said, no, she was all right. I went back to bed. Did you go to sleep? Well, uh, in, a, in a few minutes, I did. Did anything else happen that night that was last night, wasn't it? That was last night, yes, sir. Well, along about dawn this morning, would you believe it? My wife went out to bed again. 
Did you get up again? Sure, I did. I got up and I, and I put her back to bed. And I, I say, so now, dear, I'm going to get a doctor right now. And she said not to do it, no, this will be all right. Was she on the When? I don't exactly get that. I mean, did you see any bruises or blood when you put her back in bed? Oh, no, 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 nothing at all, no. She said to be perfectly all right. Did she hurt herself in any way? Not that I could see. I straightened out her legs and I, I tucked her feet in and I, I put her pillow under the edge of the pit, the, the mattress there, so she wouldn't roll out again. Then did you go back to bed? Yes, and I did. Uh, I, I went to sleep then. When did you wake up? Well, I could say about uh, 7.30 or 8 o'clock. Oh, was anything wrong then? Well, I, I said to my wife, and I said, Well, dear, how do you feel this morning, darling? The, the top of the morning, we always say that, you know, whichever one of us wakes up first. And, and she didn't say a thing. So I, I put my hand on her shoulder, and, and she was cold. Cold? Well, she was almost cold. And I sent her to feet, and they were cold. I took hold of her hand and I sent her pulsing. She was dead. Then what did you do? Well, I, I slipped on my pants and I ran down to the drugstore and I, I told the drugist man to, to phone for the police. Why the police? Well, uh, I didn't know what else to do. Did he do that? No, he did not. He phoned for the undertaker and he, he said they'd call the police. I see. Mr. McManus, how do you sleep? Pretty good. Uh, I mean, um, uh, do you wear pajamas or nightshirt or what? <laughs> well, now, ordinarily, I, I sleep in a nightshirt. But one of these shots is in the laundry, and the other one, Jotty, I forgot to get the laundry. You send your clothes to a laundry yes, close by. Yes, sir. Well, sure, the laundry's got a branch near the corner. You'd have to button it the shoe to go back and see the laundry. I know, I know. Uh, when did you send your laundry? Well, I, I sent it sometime around the, the first of the month, or the, or the fourth, or the, or the fifth, or something, I believe. Uh, hey, Baker, what's your phone? Plenty. Come here a minute. Excuse me a minute, Mr. McManus. Sure. Right back. Yes, sir, that's right. Up there. Take a look. Who did that? I was sneaking a hunch at your friend out there. Why, that old coot, he couldn't do a thing like that. Well, somebody did. Say, this woman's been dead longer than since this morning. You're telling me. Say, I found enough evidence around here to hang four guys. Oh. Let's get out of here. We're going to take our pal downstairs to headquarters. I want to get his story on a sound film before he decides to change it. Did he confess? Confess my eye. I want to get his story recorded before he does confess. Convinced the story told by McManus was false, but equally convinced that it would sound just as ridiculous and fantastic to a jury, officers took the suspect to the crime investigation laboratory. And preparations were made to photograph and record in sound the story of Patrick McManus. Now, Mr. McManus, I'd like to ask you a few questions more about your wife. Go right ahead, sir. You, you say she wasn't able to walk without crutches? Well, not for five years since she fell down the steps of the soup bin. Well, I, I didn't see but one crutch when we were out at the house. Where's the other one? They stole it. Them fellas had broken about six weeks ago. Did your wife leave will, Mr. McManus? She did that. We both had a win. I left everything I had to her. She left all her property to me. Yes, she died first. And you expected to die first, didn't you? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, indeed. I see. Uh, how old were these wills? Well, we made them back in the Lemmy Street. It was in 1933, it was. I think it was. That letter's report on my recitation. Oh, then she wasn't of a sound mind. Oh, no. Well, yes. And, and it was in did your wife write these wills herself? No, no, no. She couldn't write. She wasn't able to write for, what, I'd say, five years now. I found this tablet in your bedroom. 
Is this the one your will was written on? Oh, the right and fabric, yes, that's the one, too. Did you use it much? Well, uh, yes, oh, I wrote a good many letters. Writing lately? Oh, yes, yeah, yes. Uh, uh, just this week I wrote to my friend in Iowa. Mr. McManus, tests show these wills were written less than a week ago. Oh, yes? Now, I wonder if you'd mind telling us your story again. I'm uh, uh, sure. Uh, just as you told us out at your house. Well, I wouldn't mind it at all, John. As I said, it was over by 8.30 last night. So Patrick McManus told his story again, prompted now and then by Lieutenant Joseph and Baker. The story was recorded and photographed by a sound camera to be introduced in court later as evidence. Then, in company with Ray Finger and others of the crime laboratory, the detectives returned to the McManus apartment. Are you sure the old man told his wife? Just as sure as I am when I'm standing here. How do you figure? He told us he went to the drugstore last night. Came back here and found his wife beaten up by burglars. He had her doing everything but dancing before she went to bed. Well, maybe his story's true. And you didn't see the coroner's report? No, what did you? According to the autopsy surgeon, Mrs. McManus died within 10 minutes from the time she received a terrific beating. Well, I thought she died this morning. She's been dead at least 36 hours in the undertaker was cold. Oh, okay. Let's get started on this place. Becky, you take this one, I'll take the bedroom. Oh, I suppose I put uh, on my thumbs. Huh? No, you come on in here with me and settle them. Huh? What do you expect to find? A nightshirt. Oh, nightshirt. A nightshirt. Oh, then I take it you don't believe the robbery story. Thinker, at times you amaze me with your perception of the obvious. Of course I don't believe it. And what do you expect to find on uh, said nightshirt? Blood. Oh, blood? Yeah, another job for you. Hey, Joe, come here. Looks like Baker's got something freed again. Hey, take a look at this. A nightshirt? A uh, bloody nightshirt, Mr. Felton. Thank you, Thinker. Where'd you find it, Bill? Steps up on top of a ledge back to the portiers in the next room. Exhibit A, Thinker. Some just human blood? Mm, looks like it. Looks like it. Nuts, it is. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm in the wrong case. Looks like you don't need a chemist. Find anything else, Bill? Yeah, this copy of the evening news. Mm-hmm. Where'd you find that? Back of that washstand. February 8th, 1937. Eight persons entered in the Wait a minute. What's the matter? What's this smear on the back page? Looks like blood. Yeah, it was blood. Now, look out, Ray. You're making a definite statement. Yeah, now, listen, Cop. You've seen as many cases as I have. And blow up because of hasty statements. You'd be cautious, too. Better be careful, Baker. Thinker's getting sensitive. Well, nevertheless, sir, this is blood. And the paper is dated the 8th. And it's the paper McManus said he was reading. And the autopsy surgeon says Mrs. McManus, uh, McManus was killed on the 8th. Say, how about the time element McManus' story? What, uh, what made me suspicious in the first place? He said he jumped out of bed this morning, ran down to the drugstore... And had the druggist call the undertaker... At about 8.30. As a matter of fact, the undertakers didn't get the message until 12.40. And we got their call at 1.20. That's like McManus' story is full of holes. It looks that way. Say, come over here and help me move this washstand. Let's see what's behind it. Okay. I thought so. What now? Here's that other truck. Oh, this is beginning to look screwed. Did you examine the bed for blood stains? Yeah, lots of them. I still don't think she was killed, though. Yeah, probably not. Did the old man say something about a couch? That's it. Let's take a look. Mm-hmm. I expected that. Yep, you're right. That's where the job was done. Let's take a look at the rest of this place. I've looked over all these rooms up here. They're all furnished, but haven't been occupied. How many rooms on the bottom floor? Looks like it's the same as the upstairs portion. Any furniture in them? No, all empty. Okay, let's try this one first. Yeah, 
Mathers and he set a footprint in the dust. Are the McManuses? Uh-oh, Joe's off again, though. Yeah, so I see. Yeah, you ought to be able to tell that, Matt. Oh, come on, forget it in your business. Here's just... Oh, this is just what the doctor ordered, boy. What'd you find? One ten-dollar bill and a five. That's the money McManus is supposed to have lost. That's right. So let's wend our weary way back to the headquarters and tell our story to the district attorney. Complaints were issued and Patrick McManus was brought to board a grand jury. He is questioned. The sound film of his confession is exhibited. Finally, Lieutenant Soltis is called to testify. Lieutenant Soltis, I want you to tell the jury what you found out when you investigated further in this case. Did you find any blood stains? <clears throat> Besides the uh, blood stains on the bed, we found several large stains on the couch in the sewing room. Was that where Mrs. McManus was when the attack occurred? Yes, sir. I also checked the laundry and talked to Clara Snow, the girl who handled the bundle after it uh, came into the laundry. This bundle came to us from our agent on 6th Street. What time did it get here? Well, I don't know. But I got it on the morning of the night. Have you any way of knowing when it was placed in the box on 6th Street? Well, ordinarily I wouldn't. But this bundle was so peculiar that I checked up. What do you mean, peculiar? Well, in the first place it was wet. And it had some bloodstained clothes in it. Are you sure about that? Oh, yes, sir. You see, when I got the bundle and saw it was... Well, I took it to Miss Crane. Who's she? She's in charge of my department. What did she do with it? She took it to Miss James. Who's Miss James? She's the headmaster. I suppose she took it to somebody else. Oh, yes, sir. She took it to uh, Mr. Myers, the manager. And I suppose he didn't have anybody to take it to. No, sir. Well, as I said, we found out the bundle had been put in the slot at the 16th agency at about 11 o'clock on the night of the 8th. I checked. So you got the bundle on the morning of the night. Uh-huh. You sure it wasn't the morning of the 10th today? No, sir. It was yesterday morning. It couldn't have been earlier in the week, could it? No, sir. I'm positive it was yesterday morning. Okay, thanks. Your suspicions have been extremely valuable to us. Make tests of the clothing. I get what I got from the laundry. And they showed blood reactions. Had they been washed before being taken to the laundry? Some of them had been washed with some chemical to remove the blood. But it only turned the cloth to a tan color. Thank you. That's all, Lieutenant. That's our case, ladies and gentlemen. The jury will retire. Well, Joe, you think his menace is insane? Insane? Say, that guy's so crazy, he couldn't pour water out of a boat with the directions on the heel. Would you believe it? The last time I saw him, he said to me... Yes, the little folks know this the fairies, and the fairies is the best, so... Oh, there's a pretty little green fairy, and she helped me a lot. <laughs> She looks after my dog, and she combs my hair with a frying pan. And she's pretty, too. <laughs> she's only got one cut. She's only got one cut, me dear, and she's tired to stay in the morning. For they visit me, she's a very good well-known rhyme has been paraphrased to read something like this. It's easy enough to look pleasant when life rolls along like a song. But the oil worthwhile is the oil that can smile when everything goes dead wrong. Some motor oils are a bit like some humans you may know. Always sponging and posing as your friend so long as your money lasts. But let the going get a little tough and call them to do their share. And they let you down. 
Tim's Thermofer Oils are more than fair-weather friends. They're on the job all the time. No adverse conditions are able to weaken their resistance to wear and tear. Fearing hot weather? It means nothing to stout-hearted Sinclair oils. And where other inferior oils groan and complain at high rates of speed, Sinclair motor oils laugh it off and come through with flying covers. You see, they do not break down under the stress of great heat or high speed because only they are conditioned for such grueling tests by a patented Sinclair process which completely removes petroleum jelly and wax. And so it's quite natural that millions of motorists throughout 45 nations of the world have sworn allegiance to this never say die lubricant. Sinclair Motor Oils have the exclusive friendship of eight major airlines, 150 railroads and fleets of ships that sail the often stormy seas. You too may join this automotive league of nations. Sinclairize for safety. The dues are only 25 cents a quart for Sinclairopoline, receivable at your nearest Rio Grande station where you also sign up for police car performance with Rio Grande class gasoline. Welcome to the police calling all cars, attention all cars, cancellation broadcast 195 regarding a murder at 834 East 60. The in this case is sent to the Mendocino Hospital. That's all. Rolls and questions. This is your narrator, Frederick Lindsley, bidding you good night for Rio Grande. program created by Rio Grande. That's the police calling all cars, attention all cars, broadcast 196. Be on the lookout for a man described as American, smooth-shaven, about 5 feet 7 inches, 140 pounds.